Incredible news today, folks. We recorded this episode in person and we have a video for it. So if you want to see that video, the video version of today's episode, episode 69, nice, that's on our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash late night. Once again, that's patreon.com slash late night. So go on over there, subscribe at any level to see the video from this week's episode. And now enjoy the show. This is a momentous occasion for several reasons. It is. Layton, what episode number is this? Episode 69, motherfuckers. <laughs> oh, shit. I prepared something for this moment. Oh, God. If you play Logan Paul's. No, first of all, it's Jake Paul's. It's every day, bro. You're the Logan member. <sighs> nice. Oh, Hell amazing. Yeah. yeah. There we go. There we go. I feel like I should play that again. Wait, not next up. Nope. Here we go. Nice. That dude's eyes. I love him. Yeah. I love them. I'm very honored to, one, be back at all, but especially for this episode. It's oh, very special. Well, you're the nicest person we could think of. Wow. So that was not an intentional thing. It is true, but we were thinking, like, wouldn't you think fun for episode 69? Who's an amazing person we can now, have on? I and- do think that you should think about it more because I think that when people think about me, they think less of Ethan Nestor as a person and more of the closest thing to Ethan Nestor most of the time physically, which is my dog, Spencer. Yes. So I think it's important not to muddy the two because we are two different individuals. But when you think of Ethan Nestor, most of the time you do think of my perfect dog. Right. So maybe some tips to how people can tell the difference. Mm -hmm. What what would you advise? Well, I lick my own asshole far less than Spencer does. Famously. Maybe 50% less Uh at least. Yeah. That feels like it's down from last time because last time you were going at it. Yeah, yeah well, that was the thing. We had to re-record a lot of the last episode because it was just a lot. licking. Yeah. For about three <laughs> yeah. hours. Of Sorry. Yeah. Can, we get, can we get that licking sound clean, please? Mm-hmm. I have a lot of experience with that sound because this is going to sound weird, but growing up, my dog would lick himself constantly. And so me and my mom and my dad would constantly just be around the house anytime that my dog was doing that, just go up to him and get in his face and just <laughs> to try and make him suck. Not like swat it, like yeah, swatting at him or something. Un- he would get uncomfortable. He'd be like, what are you doing? Why are you making that gross noise? I love when dogs are doing something stupid and then you just have to out-stupid them Uh and they stop. Like Vernon's dog, Red. Have you met Red? I have met Red. Vernon brought Red over during the nighttime once. I moved into a house recently and Spencer has a yard now. But the thing that I didn't think about was that now that he has a yard in my mind, it's just like, oh, I open the door, the dog goes out, and like, right. I'll keep an eye on him or, or whatever. But because I lived in an apartment when I got him, the only thing he knows is going outside together. So he won't go oh. outside by himself oh. because he's like, no, we do this together. Like, we oh. go potty outside together. That's really cute. Yeah, and it's nice, and it makes me feel safer because there's, like, coyotes and stuff. Mm, so I get yeah. to keep an eye on him. But I let him out without a leash because it's his yard, and he won't run away anyway because yeah. he's anxious. But Vernon was like, yeah, Red can go outside without a leash and she immediately just like bolted (laughs) off into the night. Oh no. She's a little nightmare. She ate 
my McGriddle the other day. <laughs> like I turn around, it's like unsalvageable. Like I hear rustling uh-huh. and then I'm like, Vernon, how much did she eat? of that with the idea of like, listen, if a dog is bitten by a McGriddle, I'm going to eat the rest of the McGriddle. Mm-hmm. I don't That's care. Fair. It was <laughs> just Gone. decimated. We have all eaten things that dogs have partially eaten, right? Yeah. yeah. Anyway, but she was grabbing some more of my shit and I discovered that if you get really up close to her face while you have the thing and you go like mm-hmm. right in her face, she drops it. Yeah, and then dogs acts don't like that. extremely offended. Yeah. I think it's always funny when dogs get offended. <laughs> yes. Also, if you give dogs raspberries. Not the fruit, mm. but like... Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. 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 I thought you meant the fruit at first. Coco, who, since you were here last, has sadly passed on. I did hear that. Coco would just be confused by blueberries. Mm. Like, look at them like... <laughs> Spencer is one of the least food-motivated dogs that I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. And so I'll try and just like give him different stuff to see if he likes it. And most of the time, he doesn't at all. And he gets really confused by it. And- mm-hmm. Sometimes it takes them time to realize it's food. Like, speaking of raspberries. I think that's what happened, yeah. Maybe Bat's raspberries around. Like, refuses like to try. Yeah. Wow. I love it's that. That was maybe. Cute. She's good. She's a little bastard. As she is. Yeah, she was howling just throughout therapy today, where my therapist is saying something, like, very strong, and then maybe he's like, oh! <laughs> I love that. I feel like one of the things we're missing here, we should pipe in sounds of her freaking out mm. to get yeah. the full-on late-night experience. It's, it's true. Has that become a staple of the show now? What happens pretty much every episode, usually it gets cut out, so the listeners don't know, is we'll get into it, and maybe about 10 minutes in, there'll be pop, 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 and then Leighton has to go put maybe in some kind of situation that my philosophy has been the fewer questions I ask, the better. Mm -hmm. I don't really want to know. She just gets her little safety jacket on. She chewed through her actual thunder jacket, so she has just like a jacket that I'm just like, okay, buddy, you've got a little compression, go to sleep. I thought you put her in like the bathroom or something. No, Brian. <laughs> no. Well, what? There's nothing wrong with that. I put her in a little jacket and then she gets ashamed and goes to sleep. <laughs> Does that work well? Because Spencer gets anxious sometimes, but I forgot that those exist. Yeah. It wasn't long before she chewed through her actual thunder jacket, but it's like a Velcro thing that you you wrap around them. It's like they're being hugged. hugged Did you by do God. training, like training, training with Spencer ever? I didn't, know. Did you get him trained is what I'm asking. No. So Spencer's origin story is somebody got him and then they abandoned him. And then this woman found him and she happened to train diabetic service animals. Oh, wow. To deliver insulin to people. No, to smell the saliva and see if they're about to have an incident. Really? Yeah, what? so they can smell your blood sugar levels, so they can smell if it's increasing or decreasing at a what rapid f- pace. Fuck. Had no idea that dogs could do that. They're incredible. So they smell your saliva and they alert you. So I guess you don't really know if it's going up or down. But they're barking. But they're barking. That's right. Look, I read the headline. Okay, so I don't know how accurate this is. But I did see some headline about they're trying to train dogs to detect whether people have COVID. That's all you need. You just need to read the headline. It's never like those are deceptive or only written to increase clicks. Yeah. Did you see this thread was going around on Twitter yesterday about BlackRock buying up homes? So basically the idea is that all these homes on the market, these mega, you know, financial institutions are Uh just buying them up and fucking everybody over. And if you read down the thread, it's like kind of a reasonable thing. And then you Mm -hmm. read down and like 20 tweets in, it's like, and this is how the 2020 election was stolen. 
And you're like, whoa, oh no. <laughs> What's happening? Yeah. And how COVID is fake or something like that. Yeah. Oh, it delightful. Just, it really went like, okay, this kind of makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Spencer was a diabetic service dog. He was being trained, but he was too friendly and curious for the job because he got distracted easily and he gets excited when he sees people. And so she was Aww. like, all right. He's not cut out for it, so she brought him to a shelter to be adopted. And that's where you found him. That's where I found him. But yeah, that's a little bit of why he's so well-behaved, because he started that training. And I think he was probably very anxious from being abandoned on the side of the road. Yeah. That'll do it. Yeah. Coco was a big old neurotic mess. Yeah. And she was eight-ish when we got her and was just clearly you know, a trauma survivor. So sad. Yeah. That poor, poor animal. Hated moving. And, you know... When people do that, you don't get to see what they look like when they were little no, baby puppies. No, I know. And that's heartbreaking for me. I mean, the trauma, that's also sad. But for me, I don't get to see my dog and what they looked like when they were when a baby. They were, yeah, small and cute and fun. I mean, not that they're not cute and fun now, but, well, you know what? No, Coco wasn't fun. Coco was a lot of things, but fun was not on that I think Coco list. was pretty fun. Yeah, when her tail would just fucking mm. whap you. Yes, oh. I have some not-so-fun facts that I learned this week. Okay, mm. great. Um, French. Wait, let me get this ready. Oh, dear God. Are you going to interrupt me? No, I would never. So a not-so-fun fact is that... Nice. <laughs> French bulldogs, I swear to... Put your phone down. I'm not holding it. Put... <laughs> I'm not holding it. Stop gaslighting me. <laughs> Anyway, French bulldogs and pugs are not naturally able to give birth. Are it, not naturally able to breathe. Yeah. <laughs> no, exactly. But also, yeah. But they have to get C-sections and like each little puppy is in their own like amniotic really? sac. Yeah. It's partially because of like hip dysplasia and the size of the head. They just can't give birth naturally. Yeah. They have to get C-sections. Yes. That's bananas. It's awful. And I was watching videos of dog C-sections, um, and they just, like, pull out a little amniotic sac, and then there's a little doggy in there. But it turns out the dog will pass the placenta and then eats the placenta for the nutrients. Mm -hmm. Don't a lot of mothers eat the placenta? Yeah, some yeah. people do, yeah. Well, they'll also eat the newborn puppies pretty frequently. Not human mothers. You don't know that I'm not talking about <laughs> that. True. Yeah, you've never been invited to a puppy banquet? <laughs> Yeah, so they'll bite the heads off, especially if they think there's something wrong with them. And it's a very common thing. And I found this forum that was talking about this phenomenon of like, why do mother dogs kill their puppies? But like the whole comment section was people desperately being like, my dog just had a litter and she will not stop eating them. Oh my God. <laughs> it was what horrifying. Fuck? We never had a cat growing up because my grandmother saw a cat eat its litter when she was young and she was like, I will never ever be around a cat. I have no interest in them. I don't want them. It traumatized her so much that she just like couldn't be around cats and she would just refuse to be in the same house with them. So what I'm picturing in my mind, which I know that this is not the case, but it's the mother dog giving birth to all of these puppies and then unhinging her jaw like a snake yeah. and just yeah. swallowing her litter whole. It's a Saturn devouring his son kind of situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know? I love me some Goya. I saw that. I went to the Prado. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'd love to see that in person. It's so great. Very creepy. I haven't been to an art museum in a long time. You guys driven by LACMA recently? No. They're fucking it up. They're like <laughs> completely knocking parts of it down. I mean, it's this major, major overhaul. 
We used to go there, take Audrey there all the time. By the way, for people who don't know, LACMA is the Los Angeles County Museum of Art. They had a, a little room in the back where kids could go do their own art. So we had a membership and you could just go around there. the back. It's really cute. <laughs> As an adult, yeah. <laughs> it's fun. They have paper and all sorts of supplies. And you can just go and do it. I love that little area there. And it's right next to the tar pits too. So you can go look at the, yeah. you know, the mammoths. I've never been to the tar pits. Dude, it is fucking great. You can take pictures on some big old animal statues. That's cool. And they have active extraction mm-hmm. sites. They keep finding new shit. It's amazing. It's crazy how old the world is. And I mean, I guess humans aren't that old. It's crazy to think that we've only been around for like 200 years. How have we not (laughs) found everything? You know? It's wild. And the fact that, you know, Homo sapiens is like this tiny little sliver of Homo sapiens? Homo sapiens. Yeah, that's (laughs) clean humans. You know, a six billion year old planet. And we kind of show up in the last, whatever it is, I don't know, something like 100,000 years. Yeah, 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 and just destroy it. Yeah. Yeah. You get the sense that if there was a button people could just push to blow up the planet, a bunch of people would be like, we should definitely be pushing this because they don't want us to. Did you ever see the terrible movie based on the Twilight Zone episode starring Cameron Diaz called The Box? Uh, no. Yes. It's the Richard E. Kelly, I believe, movie. Yes! Yes. Oh my God. All right. I think it's based on a Matheson short story. And here's the idea. Okay, someone comes to your house and they present to you a button. And they say, don't need to worry about it, but if you press it, I'm going to give you a million dollars and someone you don't know is going to die. Okay, is the million dollars before or after taxes? (laughs) That's a very good question. It is uh, before taxes. Mm. Yeah, no, it makes it less of a sweetheart deal. So I'm getting about 600... You've just really revealed something about your tax bracket here. Well, but, now that I have a million dollars. You know what? That's a fair point. I yeah. guess you're probably in the top tax bracket. If you're even bracket. considering pressing the button, you should do a little bit of research about what your tax bracket is. Like, yeah. Can you write That's stuff right. off like charitable donations? How much can you press Are it? you going to put it in a SEP IRA? That's a great idea because if you put it in the SEP, you would max out the SEP pretty quickly. It's true, yeah. All right, so before taxes, unfortunately. <laughs> if it was after taxes, I would immediately mm-hmm. press it. Slam, yeah. bye. <laughs> and so in the story, this person gets a button. I think it's a couple. And they agonize over, should we press it? Should we press it? Should we press it? They throw it out. They take it out of the trash. It's like this whole thing. And eventually, I think one of them just like sneaks downstairs one night and is like, blam, presses the button. I would think morally, there would be a night where I would have it and I would just get really drunk and I'd be like, I press the button. Yeah, right. gonna do it. <laughs> and then I wake up the next morning, fuck, did I press the button? Like, it, it's like the Ren and Stimpy, big candy-like yes. button. Yeah. But here's the twist, because it's a Twilight Zone episode, right? So someone presses the button. The next morning, the person who brought the button shows up at their house with a briefcase full of a million dollars. So it's cash. It's cash. Sorry, okay, I should have said so, that. Hmm. Interesting. Right. We could do a little bit of a Breaking Bad burying barrels yes, in right. the desert yes. situation. Yeah, so you don't have to report it, right? Because probably yes. they're not going to give you a 1099 no. for this, no. right? Yeah. Well, and you could also start a money laundering situation. Exactly. That's right. All right, here's the twist. The guy takes the button back and says, thank you very much. Here's your million dollars. I'll be taking that button back. And then the, let's say the woman says, well, what happens to it? And he goes, oh, I'm going to give it to someone else and I'll make sure it's someone you don't know. What the shit? Yeah. So I don't think it was a original, original Twilight Zone episode. I think it was a remake in the 80s mm-hmm. Twilight Zone episode. So what Richard E. Kelly does, because he's bananas, 
And director of Donnie Darko. Director of Donnie Darko, and of course, not the director of S. Darko, but the director of Southland Tales. Uh. Um, but what he does is he's like, actually, we're only telling part of the story here. Yeah. What if this is a massive like test by extraterrestrials to judge like humanity? It goes from this like very small, like kind of domestic drama, mm-hmm. literally into space to alien spaceships, and it's this like massive campaign to try to judge whether they should destroy the world. And I remember this episode because it's such a compact plot and it's yeah. so easy to stay in the twist when you're 12 you're like oh god you know yeah but if you think about it not really that scary not scary because it's anybody in the world right so statistically you're probably not going to get but killed the by implication that implication is that it's going to be you right yeah yes. if you push the button you are next up on the yeah mm. also how do you die well, that's a good oh, question. Oh, is that the implication that you're the next person? That's what yeah. it was to me, yeah. Oh, okay. Is that it's going to go to someone else. So actually, if you get there late enough in the button rotation, your odds are actually better, yeah. right? You could also take the box and destroy the box. I feel like this is actually a math question. Huh? Yeah, what happens if you press the button and then destroy the button? You still get a million dollars, but that's a good question. Yeah. You get your million dollars, you go, you do a living will, will it to your significant other, be like, okay, it's going to be one of us, so at least you still have the money. That's true. Yeah. Take out a large life insurance policy. You know what? They couldn't catch up because what I mean is they couldn't kill off both people because yeah. eventually there'd be too many people because right in the backlog. That's right. Yeah. Although they could always change the rules. If it's really aliens, they could do whatever they can be and will kill two people you don't know, right? So they could start mm. like ramping it up. Yeah, every time. Every time, yeah. They double it. Wait, hold on. What happens if they don't press the button? Nothing. They take the button back after whatever it is, a week, and then it just moves on to the next person. Oh, that's the play, all right? Is <laughs> okay, that I hear you this. keep the button. Right, you tell them we lost it. Was there a time frame for this? Yeah, it's like a week. So this doesn't apply, but I was going to say, you have the button, right? And you keep it for a whatever. And then on your deathbed, assuming that you die of natural-ish causes, oh, you press the button, you get that a million dollars, and then you give it to your loved ones, or you spend it all. No, that is the play. This is yes. true. You could also create an elaborate Rube Goldberg machine that presses the button for you, but oh. you trick somebody else to push uh, the first domino. Okay, no, here's what it is. It's a Schrodinger's cat type situation yes. where you have it triggered by some kind of radioactive decay, right? So you have a little you know, finger or yeah. whatever that's over the button, and if the thing decays, whatever the source is, uranium or something, the finger goes down. First of all, there's an interesting like quantum mechanical thing here because that is an observation of if the thing decayed. At least the aliens would respect that. They would definitely respect that. And that way you can also be like, I didn't do that. Like the thing decayed, I didn't press the button. But then you know what? Then they would probably say, then you don't get the million dollars. But then they're really fucked because someone else has died and then it's on them and then they feel guilty and they stop doing it. Okay, but does the button being pressed kill somebody or do they know when the button is pressed and then they just go and kill somebody? That is unclear. Also, how do you get the job of going to kill the person? Because how much are you getting paid for that? Like, what's the investment? What is, like, the funds of this? If they just have millions lying around, they've got to be think, paying the well, person. They're, no, they're, who, they're aliens. Well, we're talking about the Twilight Zone, not Cameron Diaz doing a terrible Boston accent. Oh, okay, that's fair. Did Cameron Diaz press the button? Yes. I'll take your word for it. I don't remember her being in it. But in the episode, I think the wife and the couple presses the button. I'm pretty sure. Hmm. If I remember it correctly, this is going to shock you. 
a little bit misogynistic, where it's like the wife can't control her impulses and decides to press it. I just want to buy shoes. I want the new dress in the window. You know what? I think it's not far from that, if I remember oh it correctly. God. I was going to ask what favorite Twilight Zone episodes. I was literally just about to start okay, talking about this. For original Twilight Zone, there's so many good ones. Yeah. I haven't watched a lot of Twilight Zone. I have watched Twilight Zone. Yeah. Because when I got my wisdom teeth pulled, I watched <laughs> a bit of Twilight Zone. Did you also have the experience of not remembering watching whatever you watched when you yes. <laughs> got your wisdom teeth out? Yes. yes. They give you the good drugs and ice they cream. Do. And it's like, yeah. I'm going to watch two seasons of Archer. I'm and not going to remember shit. think that it's going to be great. When it's like, I'm just going to eat ice cream and mashed potatoes for a week, and it's actually terrible. It's awful. I had like the little cotton balls in my mouth, and there was one night where I went to sleep, and I had a dream that I was eating some really yummy chicken nuggets, and then I woke up (laughs) to me mid-swallow all of the bloody cotton balls. That's awful. Nice. So, favorite Twilight Zone episode? The one I was going to talk about, it's not Rod Serling, but this is the first one that comes to mind. It's from the 80s remake, Mm -hmm. and it's kind of a bottle episode. It takes place in a math professor's office. The math professor is Sherman Helmsley, you know, from the Jeffersons Mm -hmm. and, like, classic, classic TV actor. And he's trying to solve some complicated thing, and he says, classic setup, I'd sell my soul to know the answer for this. And some kind of extra-dimensional demonic entity, played by Ron Glass, who was Shepard Book in Firefly, if you remember that. He's like another classic actor, been in a million things, uh, shows up and he's fucking cool. Like this is the flip. (laughs) He's awesome. He's like, hey, baby, you know? And he's wearing these shirts that have different sayings that keep changing, like, hell, it's not just a place, it's a way of life kind of things. So it's a comedy episode. He gives Sherman Helmsley a challenge. He said, okay, here's the deal. I will solve this equation for you. You actually can't get out of this. I get your soul, but here's the deal. You get to ask me three questions or make three requests. And if I can't do them or I can't answer the question, then you get to keep your soul and I'll go away. And he says, now bear in mind, I can travel faster than the speed of light. I am older than the universe. I know literally everything. I can break any known law of physics. So before you say something like, go to the Andromeda galaxy and back in a millisecond, I can do that because I am a supernatural being. So go. And this demon, he's like ripped. He's wearing these like tight red (laughs) t-shirts and he's wearing these cool sunglasses. He's just, he's playing it here, baby. This is where he is. (laughs) The episode is called Eye of Newton. Like I, the letter I. What does he ask? Do you want me to give away the ending? Yeah. Okay. Spoiler alert for a thing from the 80s. (laughs) For the Twilight Zone episode no one's seen or even heard of, which is one of my favorites that I remembered since I was fucking like 10 or something. So he does the thing where he like, accidentally asks a question, which you have to do, right? So raise the stakes. And then he asks some clarifying question, which is, you know, could you do this impossible thing? And Ron Glass is like, yes, I can do literally anything. Like, don't even start with that. And Sherman Helmsley goes, okay, well, then my final request is a command, not a question. Get lost. (laughs) Whoa. And he goes, Whoa, and he like kind of disappears. <laughs> and Sherman Helmsley is just like, it's a comedy episode. So he just oh, kind of like yeah. brushes off his forehead and keeps calculating. I got to show you this. Okay. Wow. That was First fast. of all, the music is amazing. 
Look at Sherman Helmsley. There he is. N minus one. This guy's never written an equation in his life. I want to pause it right here to just talk about it's so clear when you have actors that have no idea what they're doing with math who try to write math. And every actor is like this. And especially in the 80s, they didn't fucking care. Like, no one was going to try to get it right. So it's clear, like, this guy has no experience. And you wouldn't expect him to. He's an actor. But I always have a soft spot for, like, oh, bad math in, in movies. Anyway, <laughs> anyway. But it's Sherman Helmsley, so he rules. You would never raise something to the integral. I'd sell my soul to get this thing right. Anyway, this goes on for a while. It is worth watching. It's really fun. That's tight as hell. Both those guys are fantastic individually. I just like that someone is like, let's get these two guys in a room together. That's a one-day shoot. Easy. I love them. I just love a cool depiction of the devil, and I think God has a PR problem. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Come on. The devil parties. I know that's kind of the point. Yeah. The devil fucks, dude. The devil definitely <laughs> fucks. Have you seen The Devil's Advocate recently? No. Do you know this movie? No. no. You've never seen the Pacino movie, The Devil's Advocate? No. Oh. You're talking to people who are both like 20 years younger than you? Well, true, but it's almost like a meme at this point because he's got that God is an absentee landlord speech. You've never seen this? <laughs> no. no. Oh, it is like one of the classic like overacting Pacino at his Pacinoiest. I think you mean Dunkachino? Yes. Oh, <laughs> yeah. What's my name? Dunkachino. You know what? It is like one notch below Dunkachino Al Pacino. But yeah, there's a lot of fucking in The Devil's Advocate. Good. And you might be surprised to know that in that movie, Al Pacino plays a lawyer who <laughs> is actually mm-hmm. Satan. Oh. So. <laughs> it's a Keanu movie from, I believe, the late 90s, early 2000s. Well, yes. Ali was telling me about this oh, movie. Oh, okay. And yet <laughs> you tried to give me, a, I, I'm too young to know this. Fuck. You, fuck, you didn't yeah, hold give on. me. Excuse me. Fuck you. You are not too young to know this movie. Your friend who is basically the same age as you knows this film. If you had started <laughs> with the Keanu comment, then I would have known. But you didn't say anything about Keanu. Keanu is like the least cool part of that movie. Yeah, but does Keanu fuck? <laughs> uh, I believe he almost fucks. I seem to recall. I mean, in general, yes, of course, Keanu Reeves fucks. Yeah, but obviously. in this movie, yeah. Keanu Reeves, his whole backstory is so sad. I want that man to find happiness. Me too. And also be in more Cyberpunk 2077 content. Yeah. What's your favorite Twilight Zone? Living Doll is probably... Is it Tammy? Talkie Tina. Talkie Tina. Okay. Oh, I remember that one. Because that one was the one that genuinely scared me as a child. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm Talkie Tina and I'm here... What did she say? I can't remember. Like <laughs> I'm Talkie <laughs> Tina and I'm going to kill you. Yeah. yeah. Well, dude, you're really on the nose, yeah. Sort of similar to Twilight Zone in a lot of ways. Did you guys ever watch Beyond Belief? <laughs> no, I don't no. know what that is. You don't know what Beyond Belief is? No, oh, tell me. Great. Tell me everything. Beyond Belief, I don't know when it originally aired. I'm assuming the 90s. There's like a lot of memes... Uh, like that have come up. Alien autopsy era TV. Kind of, it's, so basically this dude tells a story and then at the end of the show he's like, this actually happened or this did not actually happen. Oh. We made this up. Oh, oh, that's and, the, that's <laughs> not the, this time. Yeah, that's that Okay, oh. I didn't realize that that's what it was of, called. a lot of like creepy weird stories and like cryptid stuff and shit like that. But my brother used to watch it all the time and it was spooky. There was a show that I remember from early childhood, which means it must have been late 70s, early 80s called That's Incredible. And Mm. I remember an episode seeing it and it was one of those like 
the face of Jesus showed up in a house that was burning down in the flames. Uh And for years I was like, well, God exists. That's the proof. Like, <laughs> right what else? There. What else do you fucking want? Um, it was on TV. It was on TV, and it was on. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. Which is, if you look at it, it's the most like seventies looking thing you've ever yeah. seen. Like big, you know, oranges and browns and mm-hmm. big Oof. bulky letters. Love that. Should we introduce the show that we're doing? Everybody, this is late night with Brian Wet. <laughs> This is the intro. Yes. <laughs> After like 35 uh, minutes. So this show, <laughs> since you were on last, which I believe it was episode three you were on, I think. Yeah. It was something like that. Yeah. The quality has just... As it does, though. Yeah. This is Late Night with Brian Wecht. Mm-hmm. My name is Brian Wecht. There's a whole sign here. There's a whole sign True. here. Hold on. You're not supposed to say what your name is. I'm supposed to say what your name is. That's Brian oh, Wecht. Oh, shit. When I think about it, I was fucking up. That's oh, him. That's <laughs> Brian Wecht. <laughs> no, please. No get pictures. Him. No pictures. No, no. Yeah, get him. That's the guy that ate those puppies. Um, <laughs> this is Late Night with Brian Wecht over here is Leighton Greg. Hi. Mystery guest whose name we've said. Well, no, no, no. But now you have to throw back to me. I already said this. No, but I reset. Let's try this again. Everybody, welcome to Late Night with Brian Wecht. Wait, but you don't say Brian Wecht. I say it because it's the name of the show. Oh. But I don't introduce myself as Brian Wecht. That's a mystery to the new listener. It's true. Everybody, this is Late Night with Brian Wecht. Over here we have Leighton Gray. Thank you. That one was Brian. Thank you. Mystery guest. (laughs) Mystery. Yeah. Would you care to introduce yourself? Hello. I'm Ethan, or Crank Gameplays on the internet, and I have a cute dog. Yes. This is true. And you are a very important piece of late night history. Oh, yes. Do you realize? Was I a very important piece of late night history? Okay, let's ask you first. Other than just being an early guest, which was important, and being on the live show, which only happened twice. So other than those. Okay, well, that's what I was going to say was because of the live show. I'm trying to think. You did something that has a much more lasting impact for this show that I'm not even sure you're aware of. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. You named Brian's favorite segment. What's poppin'? Yeah. What's pop? So we said this is, we had a pop culture recommendation segment. Was it the first time we ever did it? I think so. Or maybe the second time, but we didn't have a name yet. And then we put you mm-hmm. on the spot. On the spot without any prep. Yeah. Yeah. And you came up with the name What's Poppin', which has stuck. Genius. Every single episode. Every single episode. We're not going to do it yet because it's not that time, but there's a pretty incredible theme song. Uh, that happens for, for I that. I love a theme song. I know you love a theme song. You're really going to like this one. I can't wait. But we're not there yet. I get a sense that Leighton doesn't like this Layton, theme song. No, no, no. Leighton was thinking about something else. Leighton oh. likes the theme song a lot. Okay. This happens a lot during the recording. She gets distracted. She's thinking about something else. She's kind of off in, off in her own world. Often that translates as looking upset for no reason, but it's because yep. she's thinking about something else. I hate else. that you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you guys for having me on episode 69. Oh, dude. It's the funny sex number. Oh, wait, hold on. No. I have a thing. No, no, no. You don't know what it is. It's something new. What's the wedding thing? Something blue? Something Something old, something new, something borrowed, something blue. Here, this is the new thing. Nice. Hey, Brian, remember a couple of episodes ago when Aaron came on the show and then did the whole very accurate thing about how your style of poverty is impossible to engage with? Actually, I have thoughts about this. So... Aaron made a comment, which I somewhat disagree with, where he said, my style of comedy is not in improv parlance. It is not a yes and. Mm. 
It is a no but where I kind of shut things down. It's not down. even a no but. It's just a no, which is very funny because you are married to somebody who regularly does and teaches improv and taught me yes. a lot of improv. And who is an improv, like, what's the level greater than expert? Like, whatever that is, Rachel is at the best improviser maybe I've ever seen. I'm trying to think of one that isn't probably culturally appropriative. Which one are you thinking of? Say it loud. <laughs> Straight to camera. I wanted to say master, but I feel like that's too gendered, maybe? But calling her an improv mistress makes it sound like she's doing it for a sex thing. <laughs> yes, and. <laughs> anyway, Rachel is amazing at improv, but here's what I want to say. So Aaron is correct that I like to have fun and hang out. Of mm-hmm. course this is true. Um, as well documented on this show. Every episode, you're always saying it. I love to have fun. I love to laugh. That's me. <laughs> love it. But look, anything can be a yes and if everybody is engaged in the same spirit. So if Aaron says that he feels shut down by my bits, I'm going to throw that back on him and say that what I'm doing is I'm engaging in a shared universe in which that's part of the universe, and we're all building this thing together. Mm. So he can yes and that. Okay, maybe I'm being a bad scene partner. or so. Don't look at the camera right now. Maybe I'm being a bad scene partner. <laughs> partner. But in improv, you say, give your scene partner a gift. Uh So I try to give people uh, little gifts. And what's that gift, Brian? The gift is a really funny little bit. (laughs) That they can then build off of? Sure. I would argue that the gift happens to be a small box. And when you open the box, there's a button. (laughs) Yeah. And that button just says, fuck you. What's popping? Yeah. And there's no million dollars in play. Both of them are that you die. Do you know what? Here, pretend you're pressing the button. I have something to play for you. I didn't press shit. I want you to know that I didn't press shit. You saw. Do you know what? I don't care. (laughs) I was going to do it regardless. Your hand was exactly at the point where I couldn't see it because of where my mic is. You're making excuses now. You see how I yes-anded you? Actually, I did quite the opposite where I disregarded your action and did my own thing. And maybe that's what Aaron was talking about. (laughs) Well, (laughs) all right. Okay, we came full circle. I'm really stuck on other words for master or something. I mean, wunderkind is an option, but that implies a a very young person who's very gifted. And Rachel, like, you can be a wunderkind when you're like, I don't know, 20. Are you calling your wife old? uh, Good form. I'm not calling her not old, but she is not young enough to be a... I hope she doesn't hear me say that. Uh, She's not young (laughs) enough to be... Yeah, oh God. Audrey, you realize she's going to come in again. (laughs) She did this when Aaron was here. Expert is probably good enough, but she's so good that I wanted to convey a some savant? level. Savant is like somebody who's naturally good, literally without trend. But yeah, Rachel is the best. And getting back to the original thing, thank you for coming back. The moment I texted you about coming in for this, you were just like, yep, I'm in. Yeah. I don't remember what led to this. Oh, we and were just to th- talking about you coming back for okay, another yeah. episode. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and my amazing improv skills with naming the bit. Yes, that's right. So I can't remember if it was that week or the following week. I wrote a theme song for What's Poppin', and that has been in various iterations the theme song ever since. You will hear it later. Mm -hmm. Not now, but I feel like that name and that theme song for the show is like, it's one of like the core Can I have a hint for the theme song? Like a genre? Oh, yeah. It's a little bit electropop. It's kind of got a disco throwback vibe. It's got some elements of like acoustic guitar rock. If it was longer, it would be like a Dave Matthews band, like jam band Mm. kind of thing, but like a bad jam band. So it's like a shortened ants marching. 
Yes. <laughs> Would you say that? That's yeah, but it, it's like not as accurate. It's not as good as like imagine a jam band who can't really play their instruments. That's the vibe. So most jam bands. Well, oh fuck! <laughs> wow. Wow. Okay, I want to segue into this. We'll talk more about the theme song yeah. later, and I do promise that. Tell me about jam bands. What's your knowledge of jam bands, Layton? <laughs> Nothing. I was just shitting on a thing you like because I'm mad at you. Well, okay. Do you think I like jam bands? Because I do. Okay. Mm. Some of them, anyway. I used to be in a jam band mm. for a while. Yeah. What is that? Yes, agave. It wasn't like a real jam band. We didn't have... 30-minute solos. Yeah. I've been to a Dave Matthews show, and it really does go a long time. Yeah. Well, I feel like that's like jam band light, Yeah, too. You know, it's not Fish. Mm -hmm. It's not Mo or String Cheese Incident, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, I think Dave Matthews' band is probably technically a jam band, but it's almost too poppy yeah. for that. Too short. Yeah. <laughs> Way too short. <laughs> What's the ideal length for a jam band track? Three hours? It depends. Like, is it live or recorded, right? Mm. I mean, there are people who literally go see, you know, The Dead or whatever just so they can hear one song for an hour and the band just kind of goes real, real long. Mm -hmm. That's part of being there live. I think recorded, that doesn't work yeah. quite as well. I legitimately love Fish. I think they're a great band. Um, and the musicianship in that band is like unbelievably amazing. I'm not sure I've ever heard a Fish song. Sample in a Jar is... Probably, I don't think they ever had like a proper hit. Mm -hmm. Seems like the cultural impact is pretty strong because I feel like there are a lot of jokes about fish. There definitely are because it's like, I think once Jerry died in the dead, that popularity kind of waned. And then the successor to that was fish. I'm not super involved in this culture anymore. And I only was tangentially anyway. Yeah. But actually of the bands I've seen the most, it's Weird Al and Fish. I love Weird Al so much. You know, one of my all-timers and absolute idol for me in every way. He also just seems so chill to hang out with. You know, we, we've met him and communicated with him, and he is exactly the person you want him to be. He is the nicest guy like you could imagine. Like Jack Black. I've now gotten to work with Jack Black a couple of times. Yeah. And what? yeah, which is real, real weird to be able to say that. And I listened to a lot of Tenacious oh, T growing yeah, up. And he's just exactly what you think Jack Black would super be like. Super charismatic and friendly. Yeah, super friendly. And like for being Jack Black, like the first time that I met him, I walked into the green room and he introduced himself. Like he didn't assume that I knew who I he that. was, which of Beautiful. course I did. When he's like one of the biggest stars in the world. Yeah, 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 like he is great. What were you guys working on together? It's all been charity stuff. So I've done three or four different charity events with him involved in some way. There was a karaoke thing that I did with him, and I sung Wonder Boy, and he hopped in and did harmonies for did it. Did you? Fuck. You got to sing Wonder Boy with Jack Black, that's dude? Yeah. Awesome. That's amazing. That's cool. I got to sing Tribute with Jack Black, too. Wow. That's incredible. Bucket list thing right that's there. Cool. That was cool. Yeah. I think about this sometimes. Like, who would have thought that these careers that we have, like, let us work with the people that we yeah. work with? And it's like, I think about this with myself. I'm like, what did I fucking do to deserve <laughs> This like nothing. Come that's, on. That's what I struggle with every single moment yeah, no, of my totally. life. It's, like, it's repeatedly oh, like, what did I trip on? Like, yep. what series of objects did I trip on to get to this point? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's really crazy. And sometimes, you know, you get to meet or work with these people who you're like idolized growing mm -hmm. up, yeah. and you're like, I have nothing to offer this. <laughs> like, yeah. why am I here? This is, yeah, you know, it's fucking weird. At like, 
And then they're incredibly nice and kind. And you're like, why are you being nice to me? Yeah. You know. Have either of you ever had a situation where you've met one of those people and they were a dick? One guy was kind of a dick. His name is Sean McLaughlin. <laughs> and he's really just a difficult, difficult yeah. personality. Yeah. Like it's, uh, you know. Just always about very him. Serious. Don't look me in the eye. He's the only person I've ever met. Don't look me in the yeah. eye. It's in the yeah. rider. You can't even look within like a few feet of him. Mm. Yeah. He's very, very difficult to work with. <laughs> very, very difficult. Uh, no, but like, I honestly can't think of anyone. And there are definitely people out there, but no, no one comes to mind. I'm sure I told you that story of being at the Steel Panther concert backstage with Billy Ray Cyrus, Dane Cook. <laughs> you had mentioned this, yeah. but I what? don't remember what the story was. It's this whole thing, man. Like, Steel Panther was playing the last show ever at the House of Blues here. And we had done a short thing with them and they were like, guys, like, come on stage with us for our last show for NSP. And we were like, what? <laughs> because when we were starting out, Steel Panther was one of the bands I pointed to where I was like, this is the like level of production that I want for us. Like, I want us to sound so legit, like nail these styles. Mm -hmm. Like they were kind of our production sound like goal in many yeah. ways. And the guitar pedals they make are like cool as fuck. They make guitar pedals. They say extremely problematic things all the time, but that's <laughs> part of their aesthetic. Do you know about this? They sold a guitar pedal called the Melter and got in trouble for it. <laughs> they have another one. I was looking on LA Craigslist, as you do, for used guitar pedals, and they had like not a new one, but it was a different one with a very similar Poontang related name. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. It's just like, fuck, that sounds great. It's their aesthetic and some people don't like it, which fair enough. They're the sweetest guys. I really, really like them. But anyway, they asked us to get on stage with them at this last ever concert, the House of Blues. No rehearsal or anything. It was just like show up. I, I didn't have a keyboard with me and we never rehearsed. They were just like literally walk on stage with us. Yeah. We're like, okay. There's a very long story here, but we ended up backstage with these other acts that were joining them, yeah. including Dane Cook, Billy Ray Cyrus. Miley was there. We didn't see her backstage, but she walked out with her dad so later funny. on. Ron Jeremy was there <laughs> as part of a, a whole thing. We got to watch him get kicked out of the VIP section. And it was right after I moved to L.A. I think this would have been 2015. Mm -hmm. And it was like, why are we yeah. here Danny got to sing. They asked us, like, what song do you want to do? Yeah. And we said, they have a song, Fuck All Night, Party All Day. <laughs> Hell yeah. Which is a really great song. They, like, nail that kind of metal style. And they were like, yeah, cool. Great. We'll do it. That's so cool. Okay. A different topic. I wanted to check in with you. How's your mechanical keyboard? My mechanical oh, keyboard wow. okay. is very good. I have three different ones now. It's so nice to just. Wait, wait, wait. It's so. It's so. It's so. Hold, hold on. on. Wait. Wait. <laughs> wait. Wait. Hold on. Nice. That's exactly the word that I was going for. It's great. I've been doing a lot of writing recently, and I'll just sit there and I'll put the lights real low and I'll light a candle and it's just. Yes. It's oh. so great. What switches you got? I think they're Cherry MX Reds on the main one that I use. Oh, you get a little quiet. Yeah. Little linear. I think they're all Cherry MX Reds now that I think about it. Yeah. Because I had blues for a bit, which are very, very, very loud. They're also very like hollow feeling, yeah. which I don't like. There are a lot of other like clicky switches that are a lot more satisfying. Yeah. Like blues feel cheap to me. It sounds like you're talking about drugs from the 70s. That's basically what yeah. mechanical keyboards are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess that's true. Yeah. It's fun being able to switch out the keys and stuff. Oh, you get your special novelty keys. 
It's a fun little world. Well, you know what? I sort of had to get involved in this world a tiny, tiny bit because on the recording computer here, the flat keyboard that comes with it like just flamed out super hard one day and I needed a USB. And so I got that Clickmaster over there and it was the only non-wireless keyboard they had at Staples. The computer wouldn't let me log in because I couldn't type. So I recognize it's a piece of shit. Of course, I agree with this. But that is a toe in the water. Would you agree? Mm -hmm. A little bit of a toe. No, No, why not? That is a mechanical keyboard. Because it's a piece of shit. No, it's not. That's not even technically. This is unfair. Well, it's probably got like normal stock switches. It's Well, as opposed to what? (sighs) No, no, I I, I legitimately want to know. Like, I don't know. It's just like a base keyboard. Like when you buy a computer and they're like, Here's a keyboard. Yes, that's correct. But is that not a mechanical keyboard? I guess it technically is. Technically, it's a, it's a mechanical keyboard. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, wait. I forgot about this. We have this here. No! Oh. Real loud. God, that's harsh. <laughs> no, but sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt this very technical conversation. Have you gotten new fun keycaps for your boards? No. I did switch them out a little bit because the keycaps that I had didn't have any translucency on them. You got to get the RGB shine through. Yeah. And so it was going around the edges. But then when it got dark, then I was like, I can't see because I like to work in the dark sometimes. Uh, and I was yeah. like, I can't see like the letters. darkness? Not ever total darkness, but very dim. Yeah, I do too. That's why yeah. I will often turn off these overheads. Been and- getting into candles recently. Yeah. Oh, dude. And it's yeah. great. What's your go-to candle scent? More like flowery scents, like lavender kind of stuff or... Nice. Yeah, it is really nice. Uh, My new place has a bathtub. I've been taking advantage of that. You know what, dude? When we moved into this house, that was one of the things I was happiest about is the ability to like take a bath. That is a soaker. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. I do bubble baths regularly, uh-huh. Epsom yeah. salt. I got some bubble bath recently that has melatonin in it. Yeah. Oh, it's so great. Is it relaxing? Yeah. Does it just absorb through your. I guess so. You Sounds just soak borderline it. Borderline dangerous. <laughs> yeah, maybe. But you just soak in the bathtub and, and you smoke a little bit of weed. Uh-huh. Dude, just... hot boxing a bathroom when you have a joint and like a glass of wine and you get a bath bomb in there. It's so great. Are you on the bath bomb lifestyle i will buy a bath bomb every now and again the only thing about bath bombs that i don't like is they leave a lot of of residue behind and i am not a fan much like anakin skywalker in the prequels i'm not really a fan of sand Mm -hmm. and when the bath Mm -hmm. bomb dissolves it leaves a lot of sand like sediment and if you have like the kind of bath bombs that appeal to my daughter Mm -hmm. glitter Oh, glitter is one of the worst things I think ever. I hate it. If you have a little kid, there's going to be glitter around Mm -hmm. and it's awful. But yes, I especially don't want it in the tub. I think that they should legalize marijuana everywhere and criminalize glitter and styrofoam. That's probably better for the environment, too. Do you guys remember the like article that went around that was like the largest buyer of glitter we can't tell you? Like it's a closely guarded secret. Yes, yes, yes. Didn't end up being like boat. I remember that headline and I can't remember what the conclusion was. Yeah. I hate glitter and I hate styrofoam. I was talking to somebody about this the other day. How have we not figured out a better packing material than styrofoam? It gets everywhere and it's staticky and it's horrible for the environment. Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah. So bad. There's always like dog paranoia too because it's like you better not eat that shit. Well, Uh dog and kid. And actually now they have some kind of peanuts 
I think they dissolve in yeah, water. Yeah, the packing right? peanuts. I think they're made out of Cheeto-y? Yes, I think they are made out of corn. And it's specifically so, A, so they're easier to break down, and B, so that if kids eat them, it's like, okay, well, it's fine. fine. They might as well go the next step and just put some Cheeto dust on it. Do You get your package and you get a treat. Did you see this whole thing about the Flamin' Hot Cheetos guy? There's a Flamin' Hot Cheetos guy? So there's this guy that's been going around saying he invented Flamin' Hot Cheetos, mm. who started out, I think, as like a janitor in a Cheeto plant and then kind of worked his way up the ladder. And he's been going around giving talks about this. And there was a big expose on him, which is like his story completely makes no sense. And uh, <laughs> he did not invent Flamin' Hot Cheetos. Wait, he was just doing like TED Talks, like, hey, everybody here, I'm to talk about my secret formula that was because stolen. It's, it's like a self-made man. He like grew up super poor. His story was as a janitor. He like talked to the CEO of Cheeto Incorporated or whatever the fuck that is and proposed this thing to the Latin guy. And he was like- Proposed this crazy idea. Hey, what if we take Cheetos, but we make them hotter? Basically, yes, because he was like, look, all my family and my friends like hot food, and there's nothing on the snack market right now that's like appealing to my Latin community. What if we did this? And the story is that he's got a giant bag of like undusted Cheetos and took them home, and he and his wife made up a thing to like make them hot and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, his facts just totally don't check out. And it's this very interesting story of this guy who has been exalted and been going around kind of self-mythologizing as the inventor of the first like hot, you know, snack product. I heard of Planet Money on this guy, like literally just about this one dude, like, I don't know, a month ago. And it seems like his story might not be totally true. Fake it till you make it, you know? Yeah. yeah. He's very successful. Like Again, what we were just talking about, how do we get to do stuff with cool people? Because we pretended like we, yes, we could we do doing. anything yeah. and then people let us into places. Competence, competence, competence. The fact that you can't say competency. Yeah. That's kind of how I started meeting people in the YouTube sphere is because I would go to conventions and I would try and get into parties that I wasn't allowed into uh-huh. and I would Time just be yeah. confident. And so, so many times I'd go up and they'd be like, hey, what's your name to check you off on the list? And they'd be like, oh, you're not on the list. And instead of like causing a ruckus, I'd be like, oh, that's weird. Okay. And then they'd be like, well, I mean, it seems like you should be. Um, so I'll add you to the list and you can go in. And just because I went up there with confidence and then wasn't an asshole, they're just like, oh, I mean, you're not making a big deal about it, so it looks like you belong here. Yeah, so you're like a teenager at this point. Yeah, I was like 16 or 17. Yeah, and then you get the same thing if you go to the open bar. I'm not giving tips to minors, but Mm. if you go up and you're just like, please give me the white Zinfandel, like it, it's easy. Instead of going up and being, can I have a uh, a one beer, please? One capital B beer. Do you remember specific like people you talked to at these parties or made connections with that like, I don't know, you worked with or... Were, were an influence? Uh, yeah. I remember at VidCon, I don't think he remembers this at all, but that was the first time I met Ian Hecox mm-hmm. from Smosh. I met him backstage at a thing that I was not supposed to be at. That's how I met him. But it's just like be nice and interested in yeah, people. Yeah, that's it. And don't just start talking about yourself constantly. Yep. Like, Yeah. And also don't let yourself shoot yourself in the feet with your own anxiety. I used to do that and I see people do it and it's like, you are your own worst enemy here. I know it's hard yep. and mm. swallowing that shit, it's very difficult, but it's like a muscle. If you don't 100%. work it, yeah. it's going to atrophy. It's crazy. I was talking to my mom about this the other day 
because I was just on the phone with her and she was like, you do a lot of stuff with other people. And I was like, yeah. She was like, how do you do that? And I was like, what do you mean? She was like, how do you get invited to do things? And I was like, I just try and be a nice person to be around. I don't know. Because I've heard so many stories of like Vin Diesel. Nobody wants to work with Vin Diesel because he's a pain in the ass and he's an asshole to everybody apparently. And it's like, yeah, if you just like are pretty easygoing and nice to be around. Like, it doesn't really matter how talented you are with anything. If you're just nice to be around and cool to work with, then people will want to have you be a part of stuff. if you keep making stuff, too. That's the other pillar of that, is that you're a person people want to work with and hang out with. I mean, not even necessarily as friends, just, like, be in the same space with. Yeah. And that you're doing something that people can point to and say, oh, they made that. Okay, cool. Great. Mm -hmm. Just don't be a dick and then be like, why doesn't anybody want to work with me, be my friend? It's like, well, buddy. When people get there and then get bitter about it mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, I deserved yeah. I feel I entitled to this yeah. simply because I yes. want it. I was thinking about this the other day. The number of people you see who are like so successful, mm-hmm. who are still mad that they're not more successful yeah. is fucking upsetting. You see these like big name actors or entrepreneurs or whatever. It's like you have so, so much. Be mm-hmm. grateful for what you have, yeah. not angry for what you don't. Mm-hmm. There's that really good quote from Mads Mikkelsen that was going around recently that was him talking about, I treat every project as if it is the next yeah, big yeah, thing. Yeah. I treat it as like, it's the job. I don't want to think about my career because then it's always about the thing in the future and not what's happening now. Yeah. And so, you know, just fully devoting yourself to the thing that you are working on now. Yeah. Yeah. This is sort of a negative way to look at it, but I do think that it's important, specifically in the entertainment space, is that pretty much everybody is completely expendable. You can always get someone else to do it. Yeah, always. doesn't matter how talented you are. There's probably somebody equally or more talented than you. So if you're just good to be around and you cooperate with people and you try and be helpful and nice, then great. And if you do things on time, people who hit deadlines are my favorite fucking Mm -hmm. people in the world. And people who communicate with you, Mm -hmm. right? This is the other thing is when you're working with someone and they ghost you and they're not returning emails, it's just like, come the fuck on. Like, you don't have to like fall head over heels for people, but just be a good communicator and that Mm -hmm. goes so far in being a good partner. Yeah, Yeah. and I would so much rather if somebody has a problem and they can't hit the deadline, if you email me and tell me, I'm going to be like, yes, Totally understand. Work on your mental health or like you've got too much stuff going on. That's great. Just keep me in the loop. Yeah. Yeah. If you wait until the last day or just ghost, sorry, but I'm not going to. That sucks. I I do want to address the animators watching this. Okay. This is a special note for animators. Reply all (laughs) is an option on email threads. (laughs) And when someone sends you an email with a large number of people on it, and you don't click reply all, we call this animator disease among (laughs) me and Brent because it happens with almost every animator we've worked with. Are people going to be mad at you for saying this? I mean, I'm saying it in a good nature. You know, we just forward the email. But there's something about the animators that we've worked with where, and it's not never, but it's more than any other like type of artist that I've worked with. Reply all to emails. It's helpful. I think it's just overlooking it. My reasoning behind this, I get stage fright about replying all. Not that I don't do it, but I'm like, oh God, everyone's going to see this. I've got to pull it 
yep. together. I got to really write this email. That's how I type. Yeah, it totally <laughs> makes sense. It's better for the project to reply all because we've had emails that a bunch of people are CC'd on, including people who are there to keep the project on track. I'm really getting into nitty gritty here. By the way, I love all the animators we've worked with, except one. But uh, <laughs> the... A lot of people keep the project on track. When you reply all, you let everybody help with that process. And sometimes you see an email from someone and you're like, oh, everyone saw this. And then you realize you got behind in emails and then the whole project is suffering because no one else read it. Anyway, yeah, I don't want to hear use reply all on email chats. In like a DM, like, oh, did you see the email we just got? And it's like, I don't know. I'm not in the loop on this. This conversation just made me realize that I forgot to tell my mother an important piece of information, which uh, was she forwarded some email um, to me and then started writing emails to me thinking that I was the person that she was uh, supposed to be sending emails to. Uh (laughs) I forgot to tell her that, so I should tell her. And she's still sending you these emails. Yeah, like, and it's not a lot of them, but it's like three or four emails she's just sent to me addressing somebody else, and I go, ha ha, mom, I'm not that person, and then I forgot to tell her about it. Yeah. So are you going to start responding? Like, I should start responding. Mom's name, Catfish Your Mom. There we go. That's good (laughs) advice if I've ever heard it. Catfish Your Mom. That could be a great episode title. I was thinking exactly that. <laughs> and then also your mom, the catfish. I think daddy's a soaker is also a pretty daddy's good one too. Daddy's a soaker is also really yeah, good. We've one. never done a, like a slash I think that would title. be a really good, and I hate it when people do this to me, but I'm going to do it to you. Please, please, um, please. Which is the, hey, here's a great idea for content. Oh, no, I love um, it. I think daddy's a soaker could be a really good NSP song. <laughs> That's, yes, nice and creepy, exactly yeah. exactly the kind of vibe we want. I do like that. With NSP, we really have to ride that line and always have of, is this upsetting? Mm. And we don't want it to be creepy. What's upsetting about a dad having a bath? You know what? Nothing. It's a, it's a tasteful, natural thing between the daddy and his bathwater. Exactly. It's to soothe my aches. I did that. As I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, my knees had been bothering me. I've been soaking. It's been helping. Just like an Epsom salt. Like that shit's yeah. so good. Especially if you get them with some eucalyptus. Yeah. Ooh, and then yeah. after, put some ointments on there. There you go. Some salves. <laughs> yeah. Some unguents. Yes. yes. Very yes. good. And we have a wide variety of salves and unguents at our disposal, <laughs> mostly because we have a kid that has, you know, some dry skin. So mm-hmm. we are oh. constantly rubbing stuff on our skin to help her. And you know, putting ointment on your achy knees mm-hmm. can often sound much like a dog licking its asshole. Like, well, what would that sound like? Just imagine, you know, you squeeze the ointment onto your hands and then it's just kind of a... <laughs> nice. Yeah. Do you guys use Tiger Balm? I don't know what that is. I think Rachel might. Okay, if you're into ointments, Tiger Balm. I don't know if I would say I'm into ointments, but... <laughs> As a couple of ointment connoisseurs... I did watch Tiger King. Did he get out of jail and he's now selling ointments? <laughs> that is very plausible. You yeah. put it on and then you kill your wife or whatever the fuck happened in that show? Well, that was a different person, but yeah. <laughs> Tiger King is a proud gay man. Mm. Oh, sure. I'm sorry. Anyway, Tiger Bomb, the most beautiful graphic design. It's Tiger Balm, right? B-A-L-M. Really hit that L, yeah. I like that. Yeah. Not bomb. Uh, put it on your aches and it makes your aches less bad. But also my dog always wants to eat it. So I put it on and then she sits on my shoulder. Have you looked into well whether it's safe for your dog to eat it? Because you know that dogs also really like the taste of... Uh, antifreeze? Uh, antifreeze, yes. <laughs> yeah. It will kill them right away. Wait, is that what you 
Yeah. Antifreeze? Yeah. That's a famous thing. It's sweet. Why is antifreeze sweet? I don't know. I, this is legitimately what no, you were yeah. going to say, right? Yeah. Yeah. Shit, I should probably move that loose bucket of antifreeze. antifreeze that you <laughs> keep around just to swirl your hand in. If you spilled some antifreeze on the ground and a dog found it, it would probably drink all of it and then die. If you have like a leak, an antifreeze leak from your car, you got to get that fixed if what you have a pet. What the fuck? Yeah. yeah. You didn't know this? No. It's a famous thing. I don't know why. Yeah, I was taught that a lot as a child. That chocolate? Mm-hmm. Raisins. for dogs. Really? Raisins? Like grapes, right? I didn't know that. Garlic is really bad for dogs. That's the one that I always panic about the most when I'm cooking. I had to explain to my mother the other day that MSG is actually not bad for you. No, it's like totally fine. Yeah. It's totally fine. Basically a kind of racist it is. thing. Exactly. It was an article that this dude wrote because he got what he called a Chinese headache, which was he had Chinese food and then he got a headache after it because a very, very small amount of people can get headaches. And like everybody was like, oh, it's bad for you. One, because of that racist thing. But People are also like, yeah, don't put a bunch of MSG on stuff because it can be bad for you. And it's like, okay, excess of anything is not good for you. Like salt, don't put a bunch of- You get that that umami. It's great. It's basically just flavor. Yeah. But yeah, I did talk to my mom about that the other day because I was making orange chicken. She was like, what's in that? And I was like, blah, 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 MSG, blah, blah, blah. And she was like, oh, you shouldn't use MSG and stuff. And I was like- why? And she said, because it's bad for you. And I said, that's not true, actually, mom. Do you use uh, cornstarch when you're doing your orange chicken? Yes. You got to thicken that shit it's up. the best. Oh, yeah. You get that nice and glossy. I do think we should move on to segments. Well, how about you introduce your favorite fucking segment? Oh, you mean the segment Ethan named? That you did a great job. Yes. All right. You know me, Layton. This next segment, I don't like to draw it out too much, typically. It is our pop culture recommendation segment, which you named. Brilliant name. 66 episodes ago. That's some quick math right there. Yeah, well, that, yeah. Um, <laughs> the theme song is, the, what do I want to say about this segment? theme song? Name? No, don't. Oh. Just wait. <laughs> just wait. I'm doing a thing. The segment is fine, but the really... <laughs> Amazing part of it is the theme song, which was, again, inspired by you. So we already talked a little bit about the influences behind the theme song. It draws on a wide variety of world musics. He's going to do this for the final 10 to 15 minutes. No, 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 I would never. And you know that. Layton also does this thing where she accuses me of doing a bit with this, and I've never done a bit with it. It's just not a thing I would do. It would be disrespectful to both my partner in the podcast and our esteemed guests. Mm -hmm. So the theme song draws on a wide variety of things from around the world. We talked a little bit, a little electropop, a little acoustic, a little bad jam band, all that sort of stuff. I really don't like to belabor it too much, but I'm very, very proud of it. And so I'm going to wait. I have to pull it up on my phone. I'm going to play it for you right. Hold on. I I have to download the file first. Just give me a second. Sorry, it's not down the whole thing. I can't tell if Layton is deep in thought or upset. Yeah, she's doing something else. She's prepping her recommendation. Okay, here we go. Here's the theme song. (laughs) Nice. Yes, I was hoping you would do that. (laughs) Is there a theme song? There is, and we'll put it in post. Uh, Okay. (laughs) What's poppin'? What's poppin'? Layton, what's poppin'? Remember, hey, be here now. (laughs) Where is the box 
And if I press the button, <laughs> can you pretend can I pick? <laughs> anyway, the book that I'm recommending is called Trust Me, I'm Lying by Ryan Holiday that is about media manipulation. And it's a dude who used to be like the director of advertising for American Apparel. And it's all about the strategies you use to like get fake stories to blow up. It's really fascinating. It's really depressing. Very easy read. But it was written in 2012. And so in hindsight, it is the grimmest. Oh, yeah. Grimmest shit because all this stuff has only gotten worse. But super enjoyable. How can I trust that recommendation? Oh, shit. With a title like that, you know? Yeah. I am lying. Yeah. <laughs> As always. Ethan, what's poppin'? Uh, what's poppin'? I feel like this is a fairly obvious recommendation because it's been kind of all over the place. But if you haven't, I would highly recommend watching Bo Burnham's Inside. I haven't done it yet. I've been meaning to, yeah. It is a doozy. A comedy special? Technically, kind of. Yeah. Not really. It's one of the most relatable pieces of content I've ever watched, ever. It's pretty brilliant in from my point of view and it just kind of says a lot of a lot of stuff that i think a lot of people think and don't really want to say would you say it says a lot about society <laughs> wow uh, yeah we live in one through that yes. <laughs> yeah, so close yes we do live in one and i do think it says it i think one of the most relatable parts of the show which maybe you should put a trigger warning trigger warning there's a portion where Bo makes a joke about suicide in a song, and then he comes back after that and talks about, hey, you shouldn't kill yourself. And then he follows that up with, if I could kill myself for a year and come <laughs> yeah. back, I'd do it today. And I've never related to something more in my life than that. And if you're ever having thoughts like that, you should absolutely go and seek help. Yes, please. But after the year that we've had hearing somebody say like, yeah, kind of wish I was dead, but then I could come back later. It was like, wow, yeah, yeah. you're, you're right. <laughs> it's woo boy. It's fantastic, though. It's a pretty brilliant piece of art. He's amazing. He's a great musician and yeah. just yeah. And an amazing career right now. That guy has an incredible career, just total polymath. Yeah. yeah. Brian. Yes. What's popping? What's popping is a, it's a new documentary. It's about the World Palindrome competition called the Palindromists. Oh. It's fucked up that the title isn't a palindrome. Well, fair <laughs> enough. If you're into like word puzzles and word games at all, it's really fun. It has basically a bunch of characters who are palindromists or palindromists. There's some talk in the documentary about which one you say. I didn't know that that was a thing. It is definitely a thing. And Weird Al is in this uh, for a little bit. Will Shorts, the New York Times puzzle editor and one of the very few people who makes a living at making puzzles. It's a bunch of, and I say this with love, weird nerds who love word games, who get together to celebrate each other. I really, really, really liked it. We watched it with Audrey, who watched the whole thing, shockingly, Whoa. and didn't particularly like it. I mean, it's a family-friendly movie, yeah. but it's not she a kid's movie. She tolerated it? So there's a guy, John Agee, who's one of the main characters, who's also a children's author that we really love. He invented one, which is Go Hang a Lasagna, I'm a Salami Hog, which is <laughs> really, really great. I think that's a John Agee one. I don't want to give anything away, but there's several really surprising ones. They give them, part of the competition is you have constraints. So maybe one has to be like a poem or it has to be about a certain thing. Mm. It's just a very cute documentary about a bunch of fun oddballs. Huh. And I really liked it. 
we rented it on iTunes or Apple or whatever. I don't think it's streaming anywhere for free, but it's worth the four bucks. Anything to support a, you know, documentary about a fun little subculture. Yeah. yeah. Cute. So that's what's popping for me. All right, let's do our final segment, which is one part petty grievance and three parts uh, good things. <laughs> yeah, wow. Another <laughs> stunning introduction. Wasn't it peaches and le- lemon? Peaches and lemons. Yep, yep, yep. That's yep. the name of the segment. This is what the theme song sounds like. Put it right there. Peaches and lemons. Peaches and lemons. Okay, and we're back. We're Damn, just going to do a lemon. song is crazy. Yeah, no, isn't that it, though? Nutty. Thank you. Nutty theme song. You know what bothers me? It bothers me when people say, it do be like that. Is this your lemon? Oh, you know what? Sure. I'll make this my lemon. You know, I'm launching into it. I don't like it when people say, it do be like that, though. That bothers me. That but phrase. Sometimes. I feel like it's over. You know, I understand that that is, <laughs> I understand it's part of your fucking generational culture. Yeah, but it's like an AVE thing. Yeah, exactly. It, that's exactly what bothers me about it is it is not only memefied, it feels very appropriative and not a cool way. So I just don't like anything that has become a meme that people say that is just like, okay, you're not really saying anything. You're just kind of mm-hmm. responding in a, you're annoying parroting. way. Yeah, a parroting. That's exactly the right that word. That was a very woke lemon of you. Yeah, no, I'm real fucking woke. I woke up this morning. <laughs> Did you get yourself a that, gun? That, <laughs> oh, I got the rip shot. Oh, I'm mad at myself for that. Did you wake up this morning and got yourself a gun? Yes, of course. Okay, great. That's, that's my ritual. Every morning I wake up and buy a new gun. <laughs> as every American it's, should. It's, every it's American why the should. entire floor of this studio littered you with guns. You can't see them. Yeah. So many guns. So many guns. I'm a gun guy. Ethan, what's your lemon? Every other week, I have this lovely woman come and she cleans my filth. Except now she does not need to clean your famously clean butthole because no, you've taken no, no, care no. of that with the licking. Okay, great. Good. Yes. But as a person who records things semi-daily, I have a very particular way that all of my equipment is set up because the dials and switches are in certain spots. Yep. And she went to clean my office and she messed up all the switches and all the dials and the positions that they were in um, after I meticulously- She unplug anything. She did not unplug anything, which is good. And you know, she's just doing what she do and I can't get mad at her at all, but I went back into record and I went- oh, no, this is not how it's supposed to sound at all. And I obviously didn't get angry at her or anything, but I was like, oh, now I got to fix all this. And it was a minor nuisance. No, but that's the perfect lemon is it's like it's a minor annoyance that's like a hassle, but pretty easy to fix. It's a perfect archetypal lemon. Yeah. Fabulous. Layton, lemon. My lemon is that I went to my local Walgreens to go pick up a Gatorade and various snacks It fills me with joy to see like a gas station fridge of like, here's all the beverages you can get. It makes me feel like a kid in a candy store. I go in, lo and behold, instead of fridges, they are now giant screens that show- What? Okay. No. That show what it is. And it's like making selecting beverages has never been easier. It's like that multi-beverage Coke machine. Is that what it is? No, it's not even like that. It's very frightening looking. And then it's like, now you can know what's in stock. And then I go and I'm like, okay, Gatorade. I open it up completely fucking empty. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) And then Vern and I were watching Sopranos over Discord. And I was telling him about this. And he was like, yeah, I saw this too. And then we were doing bits about like, what level of Black Mirror surveillance state is this? Are they going to track your eyeballs? Yeah. to mm. see what you're going to buy. 
Probably. Yes, and then I, I Google it, and that's exactly like what it report, does. Yeah. Yep. That's exactly what it does. There we go. Yeah. So. Wow. That sucks. Yeah, that's terrible. Anyway, peaches, we each do three peaches, which is a cool, good thing. I'll go first. Peach number one, school has ended for my beautiful daughter, and she is no longer a first grader. She'll be a second grader in the fall. But my real peach is that she goes to summer camp on Monday, and it's a day camp where she just gets to run around outside all day, and I could not be happier. COVID numbers are good here, Mm -hmm. so we feel safe about sending her to camp. Obviously, she's not vaccinated, except for my homebrew vaccine that I give her. Um, Mostly bleach. That makes me so upset that, honestly, (laughs) it's one of the few things I can't even joke about. Do you know about Miracle Medical Solution? Have we talked about this? No. That's a quack thing that people sell to cure as a panacea that actually kills people. Anyway, I'm just happy she gets to run around all summer and be a part of this fun day camp that's close to our house. Mm -hmm. And here's the real peach, is that day camp hours are longer than school hours. So it doesn't stop at 2 fucking 30 every day. That's nice. She can be there until, you know, like 5, which is really, really nice. And I love my daughter, and I desperately want her to be out of the house more. Mm Mm-hmm. Peach number two is because today was the last day of school. We have tomorrow off. It's Friday and we're all going to the beach. Hell yeah. Oh, that sounds and, so nice. Yep, a little family day at the beach. That's going to be great. Uh, and it's going to be fun. And my final peach, uh, which I talked about last week, just so thrilled, is this big video NSP has been working on for a while. The Mystic Crystal is out. It's done. It's out in the world. Yeah. We can't change it anymore. It's like it's officially done. Thank you. I'm yeah, so awesome. happy with it. We had so many fun friends be in it and be involved with that it. That was fun when watching it, just being like, I know all these people. Yeah, right. We wanted to be like a little bit surprising like that when people watched it. And we did a little stream yesterday, a watch party with the animators, Knights of the Light Table, who just like crushed it. So it's just nice. If only they could uh, fucking, you know, (laughs) reply all. No, actually, they are good at that. I will say they are good at that. They're very, very communicative. Yeah, I'm just happy this fucking thing is done. It's been, if you count songwriting, like three years since we started writing it. Hell yeah. The fans funded the video. We sold a little pin to raise money for it. Aww. We didn't know if anyone would buy it. People bought it. We could make the video and it's there done. There you go. So That's sweet. The, Congratulations Thank once you. again. Yes. My first peach is that I was walking maybe this morning and there was a hollowed out half watermelon and there was a crow <laughs> sitting in the watermelon eating oh, the watermelon. Nice. And he was just having the best day of his life. So I loved that. Yes. Mm-hmm. My second piece is that I purchased a pink electric guitar because I've been really oh, enjoying bass. And wow, like also guitars that. are pretty cheap. So like, yeah. fuck it. Yeah. I'm going to go pick it up at Guitar Center this week. Mm. I'm very excited. Are you cool enough to get into a guitar center? They're not going to let me in the door. Yeah. No, okay. Yeah. It's not If you possible. need a middle-aged man to go with you to really shred, just let me know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Because you're a big shredder on the old oh, guitar, right? Yeah, what can I say? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then my third peach is that I very optimistically purchased some plants from Home Depot because I have a hard time keeping plants alive and I'm committed. But in order to commit to it, I purchased a Venus flytrap, who, much like me, is a native to North Carolina. Her name is Rex, and I got to feed her a fly. Is that because she wrecks flies? Yeah, totally. That's totally (laughs) the reason. But she sits on my desk now. She's looking very healthy. I'll bring her next time so that Audrey can yeah, check it out. When, when you told me, I was like, please bring this so my daughter can feed her to fly. She will lose <laughs> yeah. her fucking mind. It, it apparently only needs to eat a fly like once a week. Uh, yeah, like so me. That's pretty cool. I will bring a little fly and I will let Audrey watch it go. Bloop. Yep. Oh, she'll love it. So yeah, those are my peaches. Cool. My peaches are, I have currently three friends that are visiting Los Angeles that I haven't seen in like a year. 
So that's very fun. I get to hang out with them. Pretty cool. Well, and thank you for making the time to do this in the middle yeah, of that. No problem. Again, thank you for having me. It's always always a this joy. Is a treat. Yes. My second peach is I had a ton of cardboard in the entryway of my house just sitting there for a really, really long time. I know how it is. And I finally yeah. cleared it all out the other day and it's so open and it feels really nice. So much better, yeah. My third peach is that throughout this entire episode, I have been wearing the Stay Safe, Come oh, Hard yes, shirt. Yes, believe and, me, we uh, noticed. And you didn't say anything, Beautiful. and so I thought that you didn't notice. She said something the moment you walked through the door. Oh, yeah, really? Yeah, I yeah. did. Oh, I didn't hear you. I'm so, so sorry. But no, we noticed and we appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. I won't even wear that shirt in public. I mean, it's a great it's shirt. It's hard enough to read yes. just like passing by. That was the goal. That you can wear it in public. Yeah. So Layton drew that herself and I think just nailed it. Yeah. Thank you. It's a sweet shirt. Yeah. It is that perfect level of illegibility. Mm -hmm. And when you know what it says, you can be like, oh yeah, there it is. Yeah. Yeah. The cum always jumps out at me. Yes. <laughs> Don't click that. <laughs> Ethan, dude, thank you. This was thank really great. This was so much fun. It's been since the last time you were here that we saw each other in person. Yeah. And I mean, it's been a wild ride of a year in many respects. Sure has. But it's just amazing to see you and I appreciate you taking the time. Thank you for having yeah. me. It's so good to see you guys and be here in person. I know. Oh, yeah. Where can people find you? People can find me on the internet. Pretty much crank gameplays everywhere. I post pictures of my dog sometimes. Hell yeah. And Oof. Most important thing. Yeah, he is a peach. He is always the number one peach. Well, can you give us one last, like... Oh, yeah, one last butthole licking. Nice. <laughs> All right, everybody. That's the end of the episode. Stay safe, come hard, like the shirt. I didn't want to point at you while I said that. But... <laughs> Stay safe, come hard. Just like Ethan over here. <laughs> All right. Bye-bye. Late Night is produced by Brian Wecht, Leighton Gray, and Jarek Centeno. Follow us on Twitter at Leighton Night, on Instagram at Leighton underscore night, or email us at LeightonKnight at gmail.com. <laughs>